You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. What in the world? We just sang, Let Heaven Come. We just all as a body just were singing, Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever and ever, amen. Let heaven come, let heaven come. And then we show a video like that. Could it possibly be that one of the key ways God wants heaven to come is when we begin to reach, to get close, to pour into our next generation? Could it be that that may be the only way we see heaven come in the way that God intends for heaven to come if we begin to be real people, bringing real hope through Jesus Christ, connecting people to real personal relationships and seeing real life change in our generation, in past generations, but more importantly, the upcoming generations. That is our vision here at ECC. That's our heartbeat. Some of you may say, well, I don't really have a passion for kids' ministry, or my wife and I are empty nesters, or maybe we decided never to have kids. Well, spiritually, you have been designed, whether biologically or not, you have children, spiritually, All of us were designed to be a spiritual mother and a spiritual father to the generation behind us. If you agree, can you just say, I agree? agree. Yeah. The next generation is important not just because it's kids' ministry, but because they are the church, not just of tomorrow, but of today. We've said this a lot here at ACC during this One Voice Vision series that I would love and I'm praying that our next generation and the generations to come will continue to be the ones that go out of this building and begin to reach people for the gospel and will be the ones who are leading this church when all the elders and myself are retired and some of the elders said, wait wait a minute, I'm already retired. When all of us have moved on or maybe have even gone home with the Lord The next generation is going to be the ones who are running our church. If we continue to operate and function the way that the American church in general has been functioning over the last 50 to 100 years, I'm afraid of what that church is going to look like. But we have this incredible, divine, God-given opportunity to change that. And if you're looking for a home church that is all about reaching those far from Christ, reaching the young families and the family unit and marriages, but most importantly, reaching the next generation, leaving a legacy that will outlive us. And we would love for you to get on board, get connected, fully connected here at ECC. During the last three weeks, this is the fourth week of our One Voice series, we have shared our vision and our DNA with you, and it really just It comes down to this. Number one, we are all about creating experiences 
that fully connect people to Christ should be up here. Can you turn to that slide there, Tiffany? We want to create experiences that fully, maybe it's frozen, uh, that fully connect people, there it is, to Christ, connect them to grow as a disciple in the context of community and then to his cause. Well, what's his cause? Let us not be confused. It's not just sending people on missions trips. Even though missions trips are valuable and effective, that's not necessarily his cause in a nutshell. What it is, is it's this cause is his kingdom movement and us being a part of his kingdom movement. Do you agree? Okay, I would love for you to continue to participate with me because I'm a little on the low energy side and some of you are like, what? Today I am anyways. So I need your help to kind of help fuel the energy in this place. But we want to connect people to community of personal relationships and our cause is to make disciples who help others make disciples. That's what we're about because that's what Jesus was about. And before he left, as he was resurrected, before he ascended to heaven, seated on the right hand of the Father, waiting for the green light to come and get his bride, he said to the disciples and to all of us, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So our call as a local body, as a local church, is to fully connect people to Christ. And then once they're connected to Christ, we want to connect them to personal discipleship relationships. That's why we do what we do here at Elevation Community Church. And then we want to help others do the same by making disciples. We equip and grow as the body of Christ. And I wanted to break it down and just say it a little bit differently than I have in the past couple weeks. What, what is it, what does it look like for us to carry our vision? And it's, it's three points like this. Number one is we wanna create gospel experiences. We want to create Christ-centered experiences Sunday morning. Many of you come, you're encouraged, you're blessed, you're moved closer to God, you're connected to other people, you're serving, you're being the church, and that is incredible. That's just one experience we want to create from week to week. We have so many different experiences from AIM students to small groups to celebrate recovery on Tuesday nights to outreaches and you name it. We want to connect people through creating experiences. The staff that God has led here and the the elders have supported that. Our heart bleeds to create experiences where we see real life change. And that's a lot of your testimonies is through what God was doing through the power of the Holy Spirit here at ECC, your life has been changed. If you could say that, can you just shoot your hand up in in the air? Yeah. Number two is we want to connect people to personal relationships, I can't say this enough, and I really hope you get bored and tired of me saying it, because it is so true. We can connect people to Christ and there can be salvation, but if they're not connected to personal relationships with other people who are following Christ and wanting to grow in Christ, they are not gonna be able to maximize their spiritual journey and their growth without personal relationships. And so we would be remiss if we did not focus solely 
on personal relationships, and we create experiences for that as well. How was the women's movie night? Yeah. Prayer, worship, women connecting, and guess what? This coming Saturday, we're going to meet at Jim Bailey's place on the 28th, even though he has to work. He's opened his property, and we're going to fish, and we're going to swim. Guys, you can bring uh, even your kids, your sons and daughters. Let's just have a ball from 9 to 12, because it's all about connecting into personal relationships. So we want to create gospel-centered experiences. We want to connect people to personal relationships. And thirdly, we want to reach the next generation and families for Christ. And we are going to be sold out. We're gonna be invested. We're gonna be aggressive. And it's not just gonna be Michael Miller and Tiffany and Jeff Wiss and the staff up here leading the charge. It's gonna be us as a church, but we have to first get a grasp of God's heart for the next generation. And in order to reach the next generation, this is really important. I've learned this through the last 10 years of ministry. In order to reach the next generation, you have to reach the parents. Our job as a church is not to change and fix your kids. Our job as a church is to come alongside you, mom. Come alongside you, dad. Come alongside you, grandpa and grandma and resource you and support you and create experiences and connect you to personal relationships so that you can properly disciple your kids so that when they leave home and experience the world, that they will not turn from the faith that they experienced in your home and in this home and this body, but they will connect further and further to Christ, deeper and deeper to his word and more and more passionately in love with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because what happens here and out of here. That's what matters. That's what matters. And Reggie Joyner, he is the creator of this ministry movement called Orange that we have been a part of since 2014. And he says this, I love this. He says, there is a unique momentum that happens when we as a local church body lead, work, and teach and influence together with one voice inside and outside of these church walls. There's a unique momentum that happens when we as Elevation Community Church lead, work, teach, and influence together with, say it, one voice, one voice inside and outside of these church walls. That's why we do what we do. And that's why in a couple weeks, we are going to do a brand new event that we have never done before, but it is specifically for anyone in this church that has a family, young and old. It's called Better Together Family Night. You may say, well, you know what? My, my spouse and I are a little older and our kids are out of the house. We need you to pour into families. We need you to pray over families. We need you to help with activities. Basically, we're gonna have a very messy, fun time. And I don't know about you, mom and dad, but it's time we get out of our comfort zone and we start to play with our kids. Don't believe me? Watch when your kid gets put on a four-wheeler. Watch when your kids go down 
a big slide or a water slide, most of them if they're not scared, of course. Watch it. I mean, my wife has to remind me time and time and time again, Phil, listen to your son. He's asking you a question. Oh, wait, wait, wait one second. Phil, he's asking you a question. And when I give him the presence, my mind, my time, it changes the atmosphere in my home. Can we agree that we need to change the atmosphere of this church and this community by the way we respond, react, and contribute to the next generation? If going to Disney World makes your family like just get so pumped and we do it once a year, what's, what's, what's the value throughout the year? We need to continue to create experiences for you mom and dad and for you kids and for you teens to have fun. We are gonna have a fire truck out here and we are gonna have a huge mud pit and we are gonna play mud tug of war and if you don't want to get muddy, then don't. Unless we push you, no. But this is all about playing with your kids. I talked to the youth group there was maybe 20 some, 25 kids last Wednesday and I just sat down with them and by the way, your teens, the teens here, they're the, they're the real deal. They're the real deal. And I just don't, I'm not just throwing that your way. I, it was so good. Ashton, Daphne, Corbin, Xander. It was awesome to talk with you even though Kylie didn't say anything, it's okay. (laughs) Because you gave me some really important information that I think the adults need to hear. And with your permission, can I share it? Great. (laughs) What they want more than anything is authenticity. They don't want you to BS them. They don't want you to try to lord over them. They don't want you to tell them well, 20 years ago when I was your age, we didn't have cell phones. That doesn't, that doesn't do anything for them. They want to know you, and they want to be known by you. Authenticity. It is what it is. Their culture is completely different than my, my generation. The way they process, the way they communicate is very different. So guess what I'm doing now? I'm learning how they process and how they communicate because I cannot effectively effectively lead this church on a next generation movement and have no idea what they need. They need authenticity, church. Guess what? These kids over here and all throughout, all throughout the sanctuary, they want you to talk to them. Nothing speaks negative more than just going out the door and not acknowledging them, but acknowledging their parents. They want you to talk to them. And thirdly, more than anything, they just want you to be there. And so that's what we're gonna do is we're gonna be there. Parents, this, we're doing this to deepen the lives of families here, but we're gonna invite families in the community. But let's just be honest, this isn't necessarily a huge outreach event. This is more an in-reach to our families and giving you the opportunity. I would love to see, I'd love to see 75 families here. It's gonna be a two to two and a half hour event on August 8th, 
And then we're going to follow it by a Sunday family service where we're going to see our kids get baptized and our next generation baptized. And that's why we're doing this series, because I just want you to hear my heart. In 1998, when I really dedicated my life to Christ and I got real with Jesus, and he spoke and called Phil Nelson to carry a movement of worship where we saw real life change. I will be honest, number one, when he put that on my life, I did not see that I would be in Blanchester leading as a lead pastor a church movement of 300 plus. I just, I didn't see that. I never saw myself as a lead pastor. I was a worship theater thespian. I was not a lead pastor material. Well, I love that God uses the foolish and the weak to shame the wise and the strong, because that's me. I didn't know as well that he would be leading me to lead a movement of the next generation. And I'll be honest with you guys, I didn't really care about the generation behind me. I was focused on my generation and my needs and looking to the generation before me for answers of how to do it and how not to do it. But now, I believe as we read God's word and we see the Christian church formed, there is no way we can be the church without pouring into and making disciples of the next generation. And so I encourage you and I even challenge our families, I would love to see all of us just come out, just come and see what we're gonna do. Come and see. If you don't have your kids, come on, join another family, and we're gonna have fun together. We're gonna have fun together. So last week, we looked at what the church should look like. We looked at what the church should look like. Because if we don't know what the church should look like, we don't know what we need to look like. And what we discovered through Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, we, we learned this. That in order to be the church that God designed and that Jesus died for, we need to have personal devotion, meaning the people who call Elevation Community Church their home are devoted to not just the vision of our church, but they're devoted to the relationship with Jesus. They're serious about it. We also see a church that is serious about personal relationships. We see a church that is all about personal contribution. Everybody is in the game. Everybody, there's no one on the bench. Everyone's in the game, everyone has a part to play. And fourth, we see a personal com commission. We see a conviction and a calling to make a difference and to be used by the power, excuse me, of God. That's what we saw last week. This week, we're gonna put a little bit more feet to it by doing a, 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 basically a two-part series in the One Voice series. And today and, tom and tomorrow, next Sunday, we are gonna look at the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah in the Old Testament. And if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn to Nehemiah. But we're gonna look at this biblical account, this story, to paint the picture of what it looks like to do more together here at Elevation Community Church in 2019 and beyond. 
And we're going to see and discover, that's my prayer through looking at Nehemiah, of what it looks like to be one voice and do more together. How many understand the common principle that we can always do more together when we're on the same team and playing by the same book? Hopefully the Cincinnati Bengals will learn that. <laughs> hey, I'm a fan too. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it real. <laughs> Sorry about that. We're going to look at what it looks like to do more together. And here's the cool thing. This is actually my privilege and thrill to talk about this because no more am I standing up here and say, we need people, we need you to get off your seats and we need you to do stuff and we need you to be a part of this. There's so many pastors I talk to that are so concerned and frustrated because they can't get people to get involved and get passionate about the kingdom of God. That is not our problem here. Let me say that again. That is not our problem here. You guys are absolutely freaking amazing. You are, because what makes you amazing is the power of God activated and living inside of you to get off your seats and to be the church. Amen. We're not just gonna go to church, we're gonna be the church, and that's why I love the movement here at Elevation Community Church, and I'm not comparing us to other churches, I'm not saying we're better than each other, because we are the church. If we get competitive and we start looking at other churches, we miss the point. We are the church. The church down the street on 28 and this way and east and west and north and south, we're the church. Let's start acting that way. And we have amazing rock stars right here inside these walls, maybe watching a live stream or, or downloading this message. You guys are the real deal. You show up every week to welcome people and make them feel loved, to serving just simple Lattes. That's why we do coffee. Plus, I need it in the morning every Sunday. But still, it's for people to feel loved. We have people show up every week at this registration kiosk, literally, just to get your information and make sure that your child is safe. We have people who make sure that that you're guided to the, the area and the ministry where you need to be. We have people, moms and dads, grandma and grandpas, that are holding your babies right now comforting them, and probably even praying for them and you. We have men and women who show up all the time, sometimes once a month, sometimes twice a month, and sometimes every Sunday, to be with the toddlers and your preschool crazy snot-running kids because they're being Christ, and they understand that they're the church. To people who come every Wednesday night to adults to help Jeff and Tiffany eat a lot of pizza and a lot of junk food and a lot of soda to pour into the next generation. To people who are here every Sunday on stage, rehearsing throughout the week, living a life of worship, those in the tech booth, they grow and grow and they take their job, their position seriously. We have rock stars in this church only because they have surrendered their life to Jesus and they're willing to grow to be the church. Any of you agree? Amen. And the Bible displays that. The Bible says that we're just like a human body with many parts and many members, many functions, many forms, but we're all a part of the body. How many of you, just a show of hands, not to embarrass anyone, 
But how many of you have experienced, whether here or somewhere else, that would be considered a church where you just didn't feel a part of what was going on? Whoa. Wow. That was more than I expected. Wow. That breaks my heart. Because that's not God's design. And when a church operates on the opposite of God's design, that breaks God's heart. How many understand that if your liver isn't working, you're suffering and struggling, right? How many of you that know that if you need to get your legs amputated, you're not going to be doing what you were intended to be doing with your body, right? Now, God is awesome, and he redeems things, and he uses this fallen world, and he uses his power to redeem and, and, and bring purpose and, and life and everything, but it's just true, is if we lose the function of a member of our body, the whole body suffers, and all these hands that were just lifted up, that's showing me a suffering body. The only way we're gonna reach the next generation, the only way we're gonna reach unreached families that's unchurched and de-churched, the only way that we're gonna reach families that are struggling and marriages that are struggling and people with hurts, habits, and addictions and, and, and hang-ups, the only way we're gonna reach the next generation is begin to operate as a healthy body. And that means that every point, part of you Excuse me, every single person right here is a part of a local body. You may be the hand, you may be the arm, you may be the vessel, you may be a tissue, you may be a membrane. Some of you are the brains. Some of you are the feet. Some of you, like Bob Nisley, are the hands that does the work that nobody sees but we all experience. All of you are needed So let's look at Nehemiah. By the way, if you guys don't have a Bible of your own, there's Bibles all around in the rows around you, maybe one or two. Go ahead and take that home. But also, you're allowed to take out your, your phone in church. You're allowed. And all you have to do is go to your app store. Take your, uh, take your phones out. If you don't have a Bible, can you do that real quick? Take your phone out. Please, you, you have permission. Hello? Go to your app store. I'm gonna to go to my app store. Now, if you have a hard copy of a Bible, that's fine, that's great. Now, go to my app store, and I click search. And I, Elevation Community Church. Well, my voice to text does not like me. If you get text from me, you understand. <laughs> So then there's this black logo with a white cross. Hit install or open. I hope I'm not the only one doing it because I actually have this app downloaded already, but I'm just trying to help you because this is a resource that we have given to all of you. There's a connect icon, a media icon, um, give. You can give online. Um, and then there's a Bible with a cross on there. Click that and that's gonna take you to the U version app, you can read any translation you like, uh, King James, New King James, ESV, uh, New Living Translation. We have been teaching from the New Living Translation and ESV a lot, um, but whatever works for you, you can do that. So follow along and take the Bible serious, and 
Join us in our chapter a day. That was my plug for today. So let's look at Nehemiah 1, verses 3 through 9. Read along with me and just follow along. And if you're still looking on your phone and downloading the app, no worries, it's on the screen. They said to me, Nehemiah said this, Things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. What you have to know is for hundreds of years, the uh, Israelites were in bondage and slavery under King Nebuchadnezzar, okay, Uh, the Babylonians. And what he's saying is now that they're returning and being freed and let go and they're returning back to their homeland, things aren't good. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. We don't understand the power of walls and gates until they protect you from the enemy. Walls keep the enemy out and keep the people inside the walls safe, but gates are the point of entrance and exit. And if you don't have sturdy walls and you don't have gates that are functional and working, you have a very vulnerable city. And that's what's happening here. Nehemiah heard this. He sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned and fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands, listen to my prayer. Look down and see my prayer night and day for your people Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands and decrees and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Verse eight, please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commandments and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place that I have chosen for my name's sake. So what we're seeing here is we're seeing the land of Israel in complete disarray and headed towards destruction. And if someone doesn't do something about it, there will be no more Israel. And the generations and the legacy of the people of God will not be carried on. The town of Jerusalem is in ruins and one of the couple couple things Let me try that again. One of a couple of things that must have been true about those living in this time period is this. Number one, either they had lived in those conditions for so long that they didn't see how bad things were anymore. Have you experienced that? You get accustomed to maybe a smell in your community. You get accustomed to something that's not good or not right, and you just get accustomed to it. You just deal with it. You just survive through it. That's one way that could have happened. Or they had lived in those conditions so long that they couldn't imagine how anything would or could ever change. Do you realize that we're not any different? Have you heard yourself or heard others say, it It can't happen to any of us. We look around the conditions that have existed for generations and we just decide this is never gonna change. It's just impossible to solve. So what, we stop learning? 
We stop imagining, we give up, we stop dreaming, and we lose the influence of the kingdom of God of what we're doing. I heard this on a podcast just a couple days ago, and I said, I gotta share this, I gotta share this. So I put this on on the computer this morning and and sent it to the tech booth, and this is from a guy named, um, go ahead and post that, uh, Charles Lee. And he says this, if you want to find the greatest collection of human treasures on the planet, visit a cemetery. Because in it are buried songs never written or recorded, books that were never written or published, ideas that could have transformed the world that for some reason or another people didn't execute on. We live in a culture that doesn't know how to dream anymore, let alone to make those dreams come happen or come to pass. And I've struggled with that same discouragement and frustration myself. But we learn from Nehemiah several things. We learn number one, about rebuilding and restoring what is broken. That is timeless and universal for any generation. God longs to equip us, to work in us and through us, to restore and rebuild that which has been destroyed. And number two, we learn from the story of Nehemiah That when we do something together as a church, it has the potential to affect how the next generation sees God. Let me say that again. When we do more together and we are one voice and we keep the main thing the main thing, we have the potential to affect how the next generation and the generations to come how they see God. We look at the story of Nehemiah and these kids, I can't imagine the teens hearing all the stories about Moses and Abraham, the splitting of the Red Sea, all the different miracles that happened, crossing the Jordan, and they're looking at a town coming from slavery, by the way, for hundreds of years, coming back, and their place is destroyed. Can you imagine the teens saying, Mom and Dad, this is stupid. God is stupid. If he was really real, these stories wouldn't be hundreds of years old. Where is Moses now? Where is Abraham now? And they're wanting to see God move, but they don't know what to do. And so one of the first lessons that we need to learn from Nehemiah, number one, is this. We need to identify what is broken. We need to identify what is broken. And we've done this since the beginning of the year. We we did a series called A Wake-Up Call to the Church, addressing the abortion issues, the political issues, everything around us, because as a church, We need to be on the front lines for the gospel, right? Right. We need to figure out what it is we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to, to, to react and respond in a way that reflects the heart of Jesus. 
And we're seeing that in and through our church here in our community. And so Nehemiah did something that no one else was doing in that, in that, in that time, was he identified what was broken. He was a cupbearer to the king, and someone came and delivered the message to Nehemiah that this had happened, and Nehemiah first wept, second, he prayed, third, he fasted. He wept, he prayed, fasted. Where are the problems in our community? Are the broken things in the communities around you breaking you enough to weep, to pray, and even go without food, to seek God for a solution of the problem? The thing is, if we can't name the problem, we can't fix the problem. If we can't get close enough to the problem, we can't fix the problem. Sometimes we just need a crisis around us to wake us up. And every once in a while, it's good for us to have that wake-up call as a church. It's so easy for us to get comfortable in our own community that we don't see the problems around us and then our next generation is suffering and struggling and dying and they don't know how to cry out for help. And if they're crying out for help, we don't hear them. And it's easy for us to be uninformed about what is happening to other people when it's not happening to us. So I'm going to make a suggestion to us at Elevation Community Church. You may not agree with me and that's okay. If our church ignores problems that are happening in our community and our next generation, we are going to forfeit our right to have influence on the community. Now we can have influence, we can have influence on each other, it's the body of Christ. But if we don't address the broken issues around us, and not just address them, if we don't embrace them, we are going to forfeit our influence to change something. We don't have the influence because we're right. We have influence because we care. Just ask a teen. Just ask an unbeliever. They don't want to know what you know about the Bible. They want to know you care about them. We don't have influence because we're right about what we believe. We have influence with our community when we treat them the way that Christ would treat them. So lesson one is we need to begin naming that which is broken. We can't start changing what's broken in our community until we name it. So what are the problems in our community? When I met with the teens, I told them I would not ever name names or, or share information that was personally shared and attach it to a name. But I asked them, I said, please take a minute. Look at your life and the life of those around you in your schools, your community. What's the number one problem that you see that is just 
obliterating the students around you? You know what the first answer was? Pornography. Second was peer pressure. Third, and no given order at this point, was people who aren't there for them. Some of them are coming from broken homes, struggling, they're lonely. Insecurities, that's where cutting, depression comes from. I was blown away when I heard how common cutting is in the schools today. Drugs. Right there. Just like Nehemiah. Realizing the city that God created for himself that we're a part of is broken. Hurting. And walls of our next generation and our families are being destroyed and knocked down and gates. Everyone can get access to them. They're being attacked. They're being confused. They're being abused. And we have to do something about it. Not just the next generation, right here. Families, marriages, divorce rate is so high. Struggling, people just struggling with life. And we have the opportunity to do something about it. And that's what Nehemiah did. We have to do something about it. And here's the thing. Number two, Nehemiah really wasn't a big shot in this culture You know what he was? He was an Israelite that served the king of Persia. He was a cupbearer. He delivered drinks to the king. But guess what? When he prayed and wept and fasted, he didn't just stay there. He got up and he did something about it. He could have said, you know what? I have no influence I don't know anybody. I can't do it by myself. There's no way I can leave my job. The king's not going to let me go. There's no way I can help. But he didn't do that. He literally, as a cupbearer, went to the king and said, I've got a problem. Are you okay if you let me bring some Israelites and go to, to the place of ruins and help? And the king of Persia gave favor and said, whatever you need, go and do this. But if Nehemiah didn't leverage, that's number two, he didn't leverage what he had, the walls would have never been built. What do you have that you're leveraging or not leveraging where the walls and the gates of the community are broken and demolished and crumbling and you can have something to do about it. Well, I just have a a temporary job. I I don't work. I I don't have any gifts or talents. I I just, maybe someone else is gonna do it. And honestly, the kids won't like me and I don't relate to them. And honestly, I'm just too busy and my schedule's just crazy. And we've been there, but we need to understand this. 
We are responsible. It'll be up here, I think. We are responsible for engaging a broken world. Not because of your job description, but because we are God's people. We are the church, amen? We are the ambassadors, the son of the living God. We represent the one who gave his life for humankind. Anyone with me? We are the best chance this world has to see who Jesus is, so we are called to do what he did. You see, Nehemiah risked everything to do something about the problems around him. He risked his privilege, he risked his position, he risked his power. Why? Because people are worth it. Band, you can come on up. Are you willing to identify the problems around you? And then number two, leverage what you have to make a difference. And then number three, get out of your comfort zone and do something about it. Because that's what Nehemiah did. He left his comfort zone and risked so much to make a difference. And we at Elevation Community Church on Sundays, we have great rock star volunteers, like I said in the beginning. But can I just be honest? There are so many people within our church body, I think if everyone, I could be wrong, but if everyone in our community who said they go to Elevation, we would probably have a congregation of about 500 people that we can reach right now. Now we don't see that because the realities of our culture. And we need every single one of you Every single one of you has a God-given gift that is supposed to be used for the body. If you don't know what that is, we need to teach on that. Let's, let's get coffee or drink. Let's talk about it. But we want to connect you to be able to leverage what you have the position God has given you, the resources God has given you. That's why we give here. We don't pass the plates. We have giving stations and you can give online. We give because that's some resources that you can throw into the mix to make a difference. And so I just ask you, what are the problems around you that God has given you a gift of who you are to identify the problem, to weep, to pray, to fast, and then step out of your community. So with every head bowed, every eye shut, no one moving, there is a generation sitting in the wings, wondering how close we are willing to get to the problem. There is a generation sitting in the wings wondering how close we are willing to get. They are watching to see how far the generation before them is willing to go. They are waiting to make a decision about God by the way we say, speak, and live our lives. And if we are not willing to get close, we will lose them.
And so I just want to ask you, I just want to ask you before we stand up and declare God's faithfulness, I want to ask you, are you willing to say, Lord, here I am. I am willing to do something about it. I am willing to give up myself and make a cost and sacrifice because you are forever faithful. You are in control. And if you said that mountain can be moved, it's gonna be moved because you are God. And so Jesus, allow us to be a church that lifts you on high. Allow us to be a church that is broken by the brokenness around us and allow us the confidence in you to step out in the authority, to step out of that boat, no matter how way, how much the waves are pounding against the boat, no matter how much lightning and thunder and wind is going, that we will get out of the boat for you, Jesus, to make a difference, to bring your kingdom to come. So would you stand on your feet, and I'm just gonna pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Will you say with me, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One more time, as loud as you can. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can you do me a favor? Let's, let's start the word of God. We have a song to sing. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our weekly podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.